0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Personal Growth Project podcast. I'm very excited to be bringing you this episode because today we're featuring a very special guest, James Redzinski, host of the Ascend Momentum podcast. So James started his podcast just around a hundred days ago, and in this time, he's already uploaded over a hundred hours of audio to his podcast through daily one-hour episodes. And to me, what really stood out about James's podcast was the fact that it's so incredibly authentic and filled with value. James not only documents a relatable picture of his personal growth journey, but he also shares so many interesting insights from books he's reading, which makes his podcast a very valuable listen. So without further ado, here's the interview that you've been waiting for. James, I'd like you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Would you like to briefly introduce yourself to us and tell us what started your self-improvement journey?
1: Yeah, so I'm James, and I'm right now I'm a high school student. I'm a senior. And really, I started my self-improvement journey when I like to say when I first started reading books, but I think that it started before then when I started training for soccer, because I'd played soccer growing up. And then I tried out for the high school team freshman year, and I got cut. And I realized that everyone else was training outside of regular practice. And I needed to actually train and improve my health and fitness to actually make it onto the team. So after that, I started training, but I was just doing cardio. So then Come sophomore year tryouts, and I got cut again. And so I realized that people were actually practicing, they were practicing like their foot skills and their drills. So then I started practicing my soccer as well as practice or like improving my fitness. So I was doing fitness, soccer, and then my dad told me. Uh, that going to the gym and lifting weights will also help with my soccer. So I started going to the gym also. And then ever since I got cut sophomore year, I was really like training hard and I was improving my health, fitness, all this stuff, my soccer skills. And then junior year comes I'm ready for tryouts. I am training really hard doing recovery. My, my diet is on point. Everything is like very good for me. And I've progressed so much in my like fall, uh, or my spring season before. So I've actually gotten as good as my teammates that actually made the team. And one, like literally one week before tryouts, junior year, I got injured and I could not bend my leg. And so I was like devastated. I, I just instantly thought to myself, like, this is over. I, I'm not going to be able to try out. And I was in a really low point. I mean, it makes sense. I was in a low point because I'd been practicing and training for literally like over a year for this. But I think that I wasn't like I was sad, but I wasn't completely devastated. And so I just decided not to try out. And That was a really big turning point for me because I would have made the team that year. I'm very confident that I would have. But the thing is that I'm very glad I chose not to try out because that's when I started reading self-improvement books. And the first book I read was The Oxygen Advantage. And then I read How to Break Up With Your Phone. And then I just got into a positive feedback loop and I just read a bunch of books. And now I've probably read like 30... 40 books and i'm very glad that i got injured that one day that one time right before trials.
0: wow that's actually super interesting so like how did you stumble across these self-improvement books like is your family big on reading
1: well my my mom reads a lot of books but not too many self-improvement books and my dad likes to read the bible every morning but the reason why I stumbled across self-improvement books was because of this one YouTube video. And before I explain that, let me give some context. Growing up, I hated reading. It was like my worst enemy. And I I think that it was because of school and how they like forced me to read books that I was not interested in. And I just didn't see the value out of books. I actually did not know that you could read self-improvement books because I thought that the only like books out there were like fictional for entertainment. And so I was just like, I might as well just watch a movie. But this one day, I was watching a YouTube video by a YouTuber named Hamza. And he was a normal YouTuber that I would watch about self-improvement. And he was talking about fixing your breathing and how most people are not breathing correctly. And so he was just teaching me all of these things. And then at the end of the video, he said something that really stuck with me. He said that everything he just taught me in this video, he learned and read in a book called The Oxygen Advantage. And him, like, it wasn't so much the book. It was just that he was able to learn and teach me something practical from reading a book. And so because of that, I right away, like, got off YouTube, went to my mom and asked her if she could take me to the library to get a new library card so I could go get that book. And then I got it. And then, like I said, from there, I just kept on. I was hooked. I kept reading more and more
0: books. Wow, that's actually really cool. And I think impressive nowadays, because I don't know many people who really read self-improvement, which I think is a shame because, I don't know. I've just extracted so much value from all the self-improvement books I've read. Um, It's kind of like painful that people don't realize how much value there is. Um, But something else I was curious about, um, this is kind of off topic, but in your podcast, you mentioned that I think you're not going to college. Is this true?
1: Yeah, this is true. So when I growing up I always just I never really knew what to do when I was like older people would ask me like what are you gonna do or ri- uh, when you're older and then originally it was like I'm gonna be a professional soccer player but I never really like believed that I just said it just because people expected to hear an answer and then it changed to I'm gonna be an area director for Young Life and that's because that's what my dad does he's a area director for Young Life. And oh, yeah. And so I, I would always just say that. And then eventually I just said, I don't know. And so I always, especially once I got to middle school and high school, I realized that I did not want to go to college, but I still kept on saying that I would just because that was the norm. And that was just what everyone like that's just what was expected of me especially in my town like 98% of people at my school are going to college and the normal question is where are you going to college it's not are you going to college it's where are you going and so I read a book this was like really early on my like reading I actually started reading self-improvement books a little over a year ago in September of 2022 and Pretty early on, I read a book called Unscripted by MJ DeMarco. And it pretty much laid out the kind of paths that people go on financially. And there's three paths. It's the slow lane, the sidewalk, and the fast lane. So basically, most people in my town are on the slow lane, which means that they work a a job, a nine to five. They trade their hours for money. They work five days a week so they could get two days for free. And then they do this for 40 years and hopefully save enough for retirement. And it's a very arbitrary, like, term, that retirement term. Like, you don't know if you're actually going to be able to get there because there's a lot of outside factors. But pretty much. And then the other, like, path is the sidewalk. And the sidewalk is all about instant gratification like buy it now and deal with the consequences later it's it's like you see people get their credit cards and go shopping go on a shopping spree go buy a very nice house very nice car and like finance it for over like many years and then the third the third like path is the fast link And this is pretty much people who like start a business or go, they basically create their own thing and they just focus on that. And then over time it like takes off and he uh, actually laid out like the proper framework for the proper business, like the sense framework it's control entry, need time and scale. And if you if your business follows all of that, all those like requirements, then that means that you have a fast lane business. And so after I read that book Unscripted by M J DeMarco, I really was I was like really excited, and I instantly like declared to my parents that I'm not going to college. I oh. didn't know what my plan was, but now I knew that there was another option because my whole life my only option that was taught to me was going to college. This was the only thing that people really gave, like really showed me that was available. And then I learned of these other paths that I could take. And so Unscripted was a very big kind of turning point for me and going to college in my future.
0: Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, I have heard a lot of people like kind of in my inner circle, talk about how, I mean, either they're not going to college, or like, they're going to go to college, but they're still going to work on building things on the side. And I think that college has a lot of value. I mean, depending on the person, like me personally, I'm going to college because I really love programming. But at the same time, there are people who just really don't have a major that they want to study. And I think that if people have a really good work ethic, they can definitely make it without college. Um, do you know what you would want to make money off of?
1: Right now, I am just working on documenting my journey. And like my bio of my uh, podcast is called, "Like Do You Know How Successful People Gain Success? And then I said, neither do I. And that's really because... I really believe that no one actually knows how to gain success until they actually do it. Like yeah, all of these true. greats never actually knew 100% until they actually did it. And for like, wait, I'm so sorry. What was the question again?
0: Oh, like, what do you plan on making money on?
1: Oh, yeah. So right now I'm, I bounced back and forth. Originally, I was planning on making my own business about like acne, but I was not even passionate about that. And then I learned about sales funnels from Russell Brunson, and he wrote three books. I read them all. And then I wanted to make funnels for people. And then I learned about social media and podcasting because in Russell Brunson's book, Expert Secrets, he said, if you can post on your show every day for an entire year, you'll never have to worry about money again. So that's why I started a podcast. And over time, I actually had one hour episodes every single day. And then that actually got too much to handle after a hundred days for many different reasons. But right now I'm kind of shifting and I'm still like to maintain my podcast over the next like month, I'm going to have like short episodes weekly, but I'm kind of shifting and I want to learn about YouTube and making the best quality YouTube videos possible. And that's really my, like my main focus right now, because I had been focused on podcasting. And then I found out that Someone that I sit next to in one of my classes at school actually has a, a fairly successful YouTube channel and he's made a decent amount of money off of it. And so that really inspired me because I already kind of wanted to learn about YouTube. And now that I have this like mentor that I can actually ask questions and get like tailored responses back from for free, now I'm focused on YouTube because I think that. YouTube is a very good skill to have and it it can like help me anytime in the future in any business that I work on.
0: Oh, yeah, I agree with that. I think that with the niche that we're in at least the people who really like our target audience kind of has a longer attention span. And it took me a while to figure it out cuz I was posting like consistently on TikTok and Instagram, but you know, while I was getting results, I felt like my results would have been better if I was making long form content. Cause I thought about it and I was like, the types of people I want to reach who are like successful and driven aren't going to be the types of people who scroll TikTok all day. Like they're going to want to sit down and watch something long with substance. And so I think it's good that you figured that out like so early on.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, One of the things that I realized is your identity is so important to question. Early on, I had it really like ingrained into my identity to always post daily one hour episodes. And if you actually go back and listen to some of the episodes, I was really struggling towards the end. I was like really questioning, especially like the last 20 hour long episodes that I had. I was questioning, like, should I do this? But the only reason why I was moving forward was because it was part of my editing, my identity. And so, the like, me completely shifting and completely shifting focus was really big. And I feel like a lot of people would very like really benefit from that quality, questioning your identity. Cause I see it all the time. I see a lot of people like try to go to the gym and lose weight, but they never really make progress because they still have their own identity of like I'm overweight or like they keep telling themselves certain different like things and they they never really go all in or completely shift their habits because of it. And so I'm really grateful that I realized early on of – that like skill and to completely shift focus and how it's not all that bad as long as you know like what you're doing.
0: Yeah yeah what you said about identity is really true um an interesting thing about me is that like I used to be just about the biggest introvert you will ever meet. I was so quiet that like I remember one time I said something in fifth grade and then people were like oh my gosh she actually talks. Like, it was that bad. Um, And so it was kind of like I had to rewire my entire identity when I started making stuff online. And I don't know, like, whether you're introverted or extroverted, but I'm curious to know if you feel like your identity has, like, shifted ever since you've started posting.
1: 100%. So, first of all, I... The thing with me and self-improvement is I have this weird relationship to it publicly, where I don't really like to share what I'm doing with other people. And I'm I'm sure you experience this where there's a lot of like normal, like so so-called normal people around you in mm-hmm. like at school, especially. And they don't like go to the gym. They don't wake up at like four in the morning. They don't do all these like so called weird things that we do and as a result i learned early on not to even talk about like my own things that i'm doing because i get like a lot of weird comments from people and it just builds like tension so i actually don't really talk about really anything that i do like if people ask me like uh am i going to college literally up until a couple of months ago, I always said, like, I'm going to UIC or I'm going just some college. And then now I'm saying I'm taking a gap year. And then, like, I, I have these, like, different messages that I send people. And for me, the identity piece, I definitely, like, I consider myself currently more introverted. And I'm very careful with how I'm phrasing this because I heard from Alex Tormozzi, I am statements are extremely powerful. And there was this, this one video that he talked about that, that I watched. And after hearing after hearing that, I realized that I actually am holding myself back with my identity, considering my like introvert. I actually I I currently feel like I have social anxiety. Like I have a hard time like I have friends and I definitely like am I can make friends and talk to people but I get nervous like I get sweaty palms and I get nervous around people but I realized literally just yesterday I was at the gym with my friend and I was thinking to myself like I got to be careful with my I am statements on on my social anxiety because I was going to tell my friend that I have social anxiety and I was And then it just came out and I said, I have social anxiety, but, and then right after I instantly realized like, that's really dangerous to say. And I need to completely reframe my relationship to that. Because when you say I am, that means that it's permanent and it's never going to change. But if you say like, I'm, I am currently dealing with, or I currently have, or some like variation of that, then that means that you can like work and fix it.
0: Oh, yeah. What you said, firstly, about not telling people things is definitely true. Like, I mean, I am kind of shy. I mean, even though I don't have an issue being authentic with people, I just don't talk that much. Kind of for the reason, like, no one really understands me. And when I do talk about my lifestyle, people think that I'm crazy. Like, one time I was in class, and normally I print off like my schedule for the day because I time block. And this girl picked up my schedule and she started reading it out loud. And like people just generally think that I'm crazy for waking up at 4 30. So I see what you mean about not wanting to share. And the thing about the social anxiety also is very accurate. Um, I try to not affirm that I have social anxiety. But sometimes like I do kind of feel like nervous when I'm giving speeches or things like that. And it does really help to try to rewire.
1: Yeah, I I definitely feel that. And I, I 100% understand and agree with like people just think you're crazy. And for the presentations, that is also something that I deal with, like, I find that I always have to do something with my hands and that's not just presentations. Like even right now, I'm like literally holding on to a pen, just like <laughs> waving it around, doing like weird things. But I also found that there is like a really useful strategy that I like learned over the summer to overcome a lot of like social anxieties. And I'm not sure how awkward this conversation might get in the next like one minute, but Pretty much what I did was in, when I was first starting to learn about sales funnels, I wanted to kind of practice on local businesses. So I would email them and that was actually nerve wracking to me. Like just emailing a local business was actually a really nervous task for me. And so, but eventually it got like pretty easy after a couple emails, it just hit sent and it's normal. And then I started cold calling and that I was actually like shaking. My throat was quivering, all of that stuff. It was like, if you could hear that recording, if there is a recording, it would be very like embarrassing. And but over time, that definitely did get pretty easy. And then I realized I needed to go in person. And that was actually like probably up until that point, one of the hardest things I've ever done, literally just walking into a business by myself and asking if I could build them like a website. And so I did that. Like I did once I told myself I was going to do this one time every day. And so over the next five days, I did it once a day, every single day. And the first day it was like literally the hardest thing I've ever done. But I ended up doing it anyways, and I actually, I actually developed this like framework. I realized that the first day it's like a hundred percent difficulty, and then the second day it's kind of like seventy or fifty percent difficulty, and then the third day it's like forty percent difficulty, and it just gets easier and easier from there until on the fifth day it's actually like, like you can do it consistently with like fairly minimal effort. And once I like the original reason why I was doing all this was to do the sales funnels. But then I realized this was actually helping me with my social anxiety and actually helping me with like talking to people. And I was more confident around people. And so I was looking for the next big thing to like improve upon and the next big thing to that was uncomfortable to me. And so what I ended up doing was going to the mall with my friends and cold approaching girls, literally just walking up to them and like saying hello and then asking for their number. Like it was the scariest thing I've ever done, but we probably like did like, we probably walked up to eight or 10 girls on that first day each. And then on the next day we didn't do it. I don't think we did it back to back, but over like, we did it three times total over the course of like a month. And that definitely improved so much and i definitely have a lot of work to do cuz i haven't i haven't done anything like this in a couple months cuz i just don't have enough time cuz i'm focusing on podcast a- after school and but i definitely plan on doing this again and for all those people out there listening uh, who can relate to me and you i definitely recommend like doing some sort of comfort zone challenge and like cold approaching someone, like just it doesn't even have to be like the opposite gender. You could literally just walk up to someone and just start a conversation. Like that is still nerve wracking to me if I had to do that. And that's just what I recommend.
0: Yeah, that's really good advice. Um, this isn't exactly about like approaching people, but I took a class called AP Seminar last year and. <laughs> It involved a lot of presentations. And I noticed that whenever I would get up and present, literally, I would just start to shake. And like, I could control the shakes in my body, but then my voice would start to kind of quiver. And it sounded like I was about to cry, and I hated that. So over the summer, I took a public speaking class. And so like, I forced myself to show up every week and give a bunch of speeches to strangers And it actually really helped. So I do think that kind of exposing yourself to the root of the fear helps. But also I've gotten really off topic. I want to ask you about a certain book that you've talked about. Um, You were talking in your podcast about this book, Reality Transurfing. And I noticed that it was very similar to another book I'd read called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza because you were talking a lot about the subconscious mind and how you can kind of like change the quality of your day by becoming more aware of it. So I'd really like you to like tell us about that book.
1: Yeah, but first I actually want to say when you were telling me that story of you like almost crying um, (laughs) on the presentations, I was smiling because that is actually like hundred percent me and me and my friend actually do that and after every presentation or before every presentation we're like i hope i don't cry or i hope we don't cry it's just a a funny joke but that's actually the sec like the next thing after cold approach that i was planning on doing in the future of public speaking so that's like the next um comfort zone challenge but back to the transurfing, and i okay let's to answer the question of like making your life better by basically focusing on your thoughts and like your attention. So in originally I read a book called Reality Transurfing Steps 1 through 5. And it was by an author named Vadim Zahn. read through that whole thing and then I actually liked it so much I read it twice. And then I like picked up another of his books. It's called Tufti the Priestess. And in that book, he explained, he basically explained attention very well. So you have the inner screen and the outer screen, and the this is where you place your attention throughout the day. The inner screen is pretty much everything going on inside your body, like inside your mind. So if you're immersed in deep thought, like everyone's been there, like daydreaming or just Overthinking, immersed in deep thought, just in their own minds. And they're, then that means that they're asleep. And they're usually like on autopilot, doing like fulfilling their actions throughout the day. And I'm sure everyone can relate to that. And then the other type of screen is the outer screen. And that is all about everything going on outside of you. So if you are, fully immersed in a fight let's say there's a fight going on at school and you're just completely immersed in that and you're just paying attention to that you're you don't like you're not thinking about anything inside of you you're not like aware of your own like self essentially that means you're asleep as well and this actually happens with tiktok youtube all these like social media all this stuff it basically trains you to be fully immersed in the outer screen of immersed in that video or that's that TikTok or whatever. And when you're fully immersed, you are actually like not even control of your in control of yourself. Like you are not actually yourself. Like there's when you're okay. So when you're asleep, you are actually under control of like external forces. And it's not like completely like you can't really you're not really completely aware of it at the time but after you wake up and realize like oh that was probably not something that i like meant to do and you can see this in like mobs there's like people in mobs like a bunch of people grouped up and they're like doing something that the individual would probably not do on a normal Mm -hmm. day and all these people just do crazy things that they wouldn't do for example like they would beat someone up or they would like cause a riot or they would destroy a storefront these people are normal people they wouldn't actually do this in their normal life they're just like you and me but since they're in this mob and they're fully immersed in this outer screen then they are not actually themselves and they're not actually in control of themselves and so they end up doing things that cause their life to be worse and that's a really extreme example but this that, that just proves the point of this outer screen is very dangerous it, and the inner screen, like being fully immersed in either or is extremely dangerous. And so what he says to do, Vadim zone says, is to hold your attention on like in between the two. So be aware of the outer screen and the inner screen. So right now, as I'm talking to you, and I'll be honest, I'm still working on this. It It's like A long it's a long like it takes a long time to work up to hold your attention in between the two and I haven't been like holding my attention perfectly in between the two throughout this whole episode but right now I am paying attention to what I'm saying but I'm also aware of like my inner body and my inner thoughts so pretty much throughout your day you want to remind yourself and make it a habit to wake up and just remind yourself that every single time you're conscious, like the more and more you're conscious, the more and more effectively you're moving towards your goals. Like there's this one quote that really stuck with me. For every moment you spend practicing the trans pr- techniques is a moment spent moving, to- like you are consciously moving towards your goals. So every single time you're like moving Every single time you are working on transurfing, like doing these principles, staying awake, you're consciously moving towards your goals.
0: Wow, that's really cool. I just, I love whenever you talk about the book on your podcast because everything just makes so much sense to me. Like, I think that the whole idea of being asleep is something that just clicked for me instantly. And I realized that. There are a lot of times when, yes, I'll be, like, productive, I'll be going through my to-do list, but I'm not really present. Like, I'm just getting things done, and I'm not really, like, focusing on the experience or, like, really tuning in to my creativity. And I feel like that book just, like, whenever you talk about it, it gives me such insight. And I think that even, like, having listeners be aware Of the fact that there's such a thing as being asleep in their daily life is honestly all it takes to like help them fix it because you know once they're aware of the fact that it's an issue then they can hopefully like you know make steps to be more present. But I did want to ask for the book, would you recommend getting a physical copy or like a digital one for listeners?
1: I 100% recommend getting the physical copy, the paperback because even though it, it's a pretty hefty price for a reality transfer from steps one through five, it's like 50 bucks or 60 bucks for the paperback. Oh my gosh! It is definitely worth it because it's steps one through five, which means that it's five books combined. So you're actually like, if it's $50, you're actually getting like a book for $10 each. So just oh. think about it like that. And it's a worthwhile investment. And $50 is a small price to pay if it could change your life
0: wow that's a really good point see i was actually looking up the book today because i was really considering buying it and then i saw the price and i was like wow that's like i'd have to use like two months of my book allowance for it because i convinced my mom to buy me two self-improvement books a month and so with the cost of it i'd kind of have to save up my book money for that um but it seems to be worth it from everything that you've said 100%
1: I definitely think that you should buy it and everyone listening to it should buy the book
0: yeah it sounds like incredible and I've also heard like it's not just James who says that it's good I've heard like so many other like friends that I have on Twitter like in the self-improvement niche talk about it um so this has been a really good episode and before I wrap up um I want to ask you where we can find you, like on social media, if we want to keep up with you and everything that you're posting.
1: Yeah. So, right now, like I said, I'm just, I'm probably going to be focusing on YouTube. So, my YouTube and TikTok and Twitter are James Radzinski. It's just James Radzinski. And my podcast is called Ascend Momentum. Go check that out. And I'll, I'm probably going to be posting like, The dopamine free, that's like the kind of term that I've heard go around of just me talking straight up with no like edits, no music on the podcast. I'll be posting those on the podcast. And then the like quality edited high dopamine videos on the YouTube. And this may definitely change in the future, but definitely check out the podcast, Ascend Momentum. And the podcast website is at jamesradzinski.com.
0: Oh, perfect. Okay. I'm going to make sure that I put all of those in the show notes for anyone who's listening. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I feel like we could have kept talking for a while, but obviously there's a time limit. Um, But this was super insightful. Um, Thank you to everyone who listened. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and I'll see you in the next episode.